hoping, I'm wishing that you were hip with the luck of the Irish, found some gold, a leprechaun. The leprechaun might be worth more than the gold in the United States of America in 2022. Or maybe a unicorn, maybe a rainbow, something cool, a lucky lottery ticket. But hopefully you had a great St. Paddy's Day. Shout out to my friend Shooter. Happy birthday. I think I do that every year on this show. Got to, right? It's the homie. And it's starting to be warm outside. Snow is gone. Now we just got rain. What is it? April showers, brings May flowers, even though we're still in March. Ah, we don't need any rain. Well, I guess the farmers like it. So, hey, you know, it's a double-edged sword. But we're getting better weather, which is fantastic. We did have a couple really, really nice days. While I was doing interviews for this podcast, Edge of Your Seat podcast, just in case you didn't know, outside, walking alleys outside of work, listening to birds as we're talking. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. It's also March. So there's March Madness. I've been watching all kinds of crazy basketball games. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. We have tons of things to talk about. But first, let's do the plugs. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. This is episode 217 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Don't know where you've listened to the rest of them or this one, but you can catch them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, www.rss.com backslash podcasts that's with an s it's plural backslash edge of your seat podcast social media hit us up on facebook edge of your seat podcast and on twitter edge of your cp if you have any questions suggestions you want to be a guest you know somebody that would be a good guest you want to sponsor edge of your seat podcast shoot us an email edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, the big shout out to the homie, Brian Cavelli for the intro and outro beat. On this episode 217, we're recording right now, editing right after that. Hopefully it's out later today, within an hour or so. On Saturday, March 19th, we got Yorkville Christian in the house. We have coach Aaron Sovereign and junior Braden Long. Braden Long grew up in Dwight, Moved right before his freshman year and has played three years at Yorkville Christian as he is a junior. They won the state championship, the Class 1A Boys Basketball State Championship last Saturday. So a week ago, they did it. Talked to him on Sunday. They were just getting done with their rally, the parade, all the things that come with winning a state championship. So happy for them. And we talk about a lot of awesome stuff. We talk to Aaron Sovereign about his team, how it came together. They have only been an IHSA member for six years. That's it. They won a sectional in 2019 and then in 2022 win a state championship. So putting in the work and getting results quickly. He talks about recruitment because everybody all over Twitter, all over Facebook are bashing Yorkville Christian. Shouldn't have been a 118. They're recruiting. They're doing this. They're doing that. Aaron Sovereign breaks it all down and talks about it on this podcast. Braden Long talks about the fantastic season he had, the career he's had so far at Yorkville Christian. Playing with a Division I recruit like Jaden Shute, who is going to Duke. He's committed to Duke. He's a senior. So he talks about playing next to somebody like that, trying to help, being a great player himself. And he also talks about leaving Dwight, and being a member of two basketball families. And of course, we got to break down the IHSA boys basketball brackets. And who doesn't love some basketball? If you're listening to Edge of Your Seat Podcast, you know how we talk about basketball. So that's why you're here. And that's what we'll start with. We'll start with the IHSA boys basketball postseason, which this breakdown is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Like I said, the state tournaments were last weekend. Friday was the semifinals. Saturday was the championship games. So the week before that was sectionals. Then the week before that was regionals. It's usually like a two and a half week process. We had a lot of teams doing a lot of things. We'll start with class 1A with the Streeter Woodland sectional. In the subsectional A, the quarterfinals. Yorkville Christian. We're going to add them. We don't follow Yorkville Christian, but since they won the state championship and beat quite a few teams that we do cover and 
We have two representatives on this exact episode. We have to add them. So in a regional quarterfinal, the one seed, Yorkville Christian, knocked off 16 Morgan Park Academy, 108 to 46. That's nasty, nasty, nasty. In another quarterfinal, seven seed Serena beat, upset, number nine Grant Park, 82 to 63. Two more quarterfinals, Marquette, the four seed, defeated 13 Universal, which is in Bridgewood, 73 to 42. Newark got a 49 point win. They're the sixth seed, defeating the 12th seed, Illinois Lutheran, 79 to 30. In the semifinals, Yorkville Christian knocked off Serena, 100 to 56. Marquette advanced with a 57 to 56 victory over Newark. That's a little closer. In the regional final, Marquette fell to Yorkville Christian, 72 to 32. In the sectional semifinal, to advance to the Super 16, Yorkville Christian defeated number three Ellison, 83 to 39. We'll get back to Yorkville Christian in the Super 16. Let's go to the subsection B of the Class 1A Streeter Woodland sectional. In quarterfinals, number two Midland defeated number 15 Depew, 56-29. Number eight St. Bede knocked off number 10 Gardner South Wilmington, 82-66. Putnam County, who had a fantastic season, they've been down the last few years, came in as the three seed and they did some damage in the postseason, including this quarterfinal as Putnam County knocked off Woodland, the 14th seed, 53-27. Dwight advanced also. The Trojans were number 5, defeated 11, Henry Sinanchuan, 72-55. Let's go to the semis. Midland, the 2 seed, knocked off St. Bede, the 8 seed, 59-46. In the other semifinal, Putnam County knocked off Dwight, 46-42. In the regional final, Putnam County wins with a 66-51 victory over Midland. In the sectional semifinal, Putnam County keeps its winning ways rolling with a 56-46 victory over the top seed, Chicago Finger. We will also get back to Putnam County in the Super 16 as well. Class 1A Watseka sectional in the quarterfinals. Number 1 Flanagan Cornell defeats 14 Low Point Washburn, 56-45. In another quarterfinal, Roanoke Benson, the 12 spot, loses to number 5 Lexington, 68-56. In the regional final, the top spot, Flanagan Cornell, is upset by number 6 Hayworth, 47-46. One point loss to a top seed. Oh, that's heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching if you're Flanagan Cornell. But a great season for them. I watched them win the Marseilles Holiday Tournament which is the last one that will be played at Marcel's Elementary School. They had a great season, great group of boys on that team, and the coach is pretty awesome as well. So congrats to Flanagan Cornell on a great season. Obviously, I know they wish they won that regional final. In the Class 1A Pecatonica sectional, subsection A, quarterfinals, number two, Salmonock with a 50-point victory, 79-29 over 16-seeded, Lamoille. Indian Creek was given the 8th seed. They advanced with a 41-26 win over Amboy. 15 Leland was skunked by number 3 Pecatonica, 104-37. And also a quarterfinal, number 7 Earlville was victorious 80-40 over Ashton Franklin Center. In the semifinals, number 2 Salmonock gets an 18-point victory over number 8 Indian Creek, 62-44. Earlville was knocked out of the postseason with a 64-41 loss to number three Pecatonica. Get to the regional final. Pecatonica continues to knock off our local teams with a 54-47 victory over Salmonock. In the subsectional B quarterfinals, Polo, the number nine, falls to number six Dakota, 53-45. Hinkley Big Rock, though, does advance with a 72-34 victory over Alden Hebron as Hinkley Big Rock was the 4 seed, Alden Hebron was the 12. In the semifinals, Hinkley Big Rock continues to roll on with a 59-44 victory over the 5 spot, Durand. In the regional final, 
Hinkley Big Rock's season comes to an end as they fell to South Beloit 40-37. In the bottom half of subsection B, Newman was on a tear. In the regional quarterfinal, Newman, the five seed, defeated number 12 Forreston 58-44. In the semifinal, Newman slides past Eastland 58-57. And in the regional final, Newman gets the dub, gets the trophy, gets the plaque with a 55-44 win over Freeport Aquan. Get to the sectional semifinal, and Newman continues to win with a 57-38 victory over South Beloit, avenging Hinkley Big Rock's loss. Well, at least for Edge of Your Seat Podcast, who wants all of our local teams to win. The Super 16, Putnam County fell to Yorkville Christian, 81-47 in a sectional semifinal. In another sectional semifinal, Newman's season came to an end as they lost to Scales Mound, 62-49. Then, it was the Yorkville Christian show. In the super sectional, Yorkville Christian beats Lexington, 71-33. The state tournament in the semifinal, Yorkville Christian defeated Steelville, 70-27. I watched that game, and it looked as painful for Steelville as it looks on paper. 70-27, the Mustangs were hitting threes, playing great defense, moving the ball around, making the hustle plays, playing like they wanted to win a state championship. And then they get to the state championship and play the same way, scores a little closer, but the same game. As Yorkville Christian won the state championship against Liberty, 54-41. to In the third place game, Scales Mound defeated Steelville, 55-34. Yorkville Christian, the coach, Aaron Sovereign, and Braden Long, the junior, talk all about these games, well, at least the last two, in the state series. What a fantastic season, though. Man, they come in as a one seed and just tear up the field. And maybe that's why some people were like, hey, they're not a 1A team. They should be a 2A team. Even though enrollment, IHSA says it's 61 on their website, where Coach Sovereign told us that it was 165 and that they submitted that to IHSA. So whether you think they're a 1A or 2A or 3A or 4A team, they were put where the basketball people thought they were supposed to go, the administrators, and they did what they were supposed to do, if you ask me. On to 2A, the 2A Marengo sectional in a regional quarterfinal. Sandwich, its season came to an end. A sandwich was a 12 seed, Genoa Kingston the 5 seed, and Genoa Kingston won 54-52. In the 2A Mendota sectional, subsection A, in a regional quarterfinal, Hall, the Red Devils, which were seeded number 9, fell to number 8, IVC, that's Illinois Valley Central out of Chillicothe, 73-68 in IVC's favor. Also in a quarterfinal, number 10, Mendota, with the huge upset over number 5, Burrow Valley, as Mendota rolled on 64-56. In the semifinals, number 2, Kiwani, beat IVC, 57-32. Mendota's season came to an end in the semifinals as Princeton, the three seed, defeated Mendota 65-55. In the regional final, Princeton won for the first time in 11 seasons as they knocked off Kiwani 71-63. In a game that Edge of Your Seat podcast was at, watched this live in Mendota, Princeton fell in a sectional semifinal 65-56 to the one spot, Farmington. If you check out episode 216, we had Jason Smith, the head coach of the Princeton Boys basketball program, the varsity squad. He was on, talked about that game against Farmington and the amazing season that the Tigers had and how they re-sculptured the structure, the winning ways of Princeton to be able to win a regional for the first time in over a decade. In the Mendota sectional subsection B, that's a lot of sections and subs and whew, Anyway, in the regional quarterfinal, Byron, the seventh seed, knocked off Oregon 56-29. Oregon was the 11th seed. In the semifinal, Byron lost to number one Eureka 45-42. Man, if Byron hits a three or does a few defensive stops that they couldn't against Eureka, that would have been a huge upset. Eureka's usually a good team, and if Byron could have just squeaked by, 
that would have changed the playoff landscape moving on. In the 2A Clifton Central sectional, subsection A, regional quarterfinals, number five, Hersher, knocked off number 10, Piatone, 38-26. In a semifinal, Hersher defeated Moments, the three spot, 48-40. Regional final, Hersher, the regional champs, with a 43-34 victory over the six spot, Beecher. In the sectional semifinal, the Hersher offense just couldn't get the spark going. The extra basket, the momentum in their favor for a long time, or even for a duration, as number one Monticello defeated number five Hersher, 37-25. Really low-scoring game. Just couldn't get that offense going. You got to in a game like that. In the Clifton Central sectional subsection B, I'm surprised I'm saying these correctly, but we'll keep it going. In the quarterfinals, Pontiac, seated fourth, knocked off 13 Cole City, 71-44. Also in a quarterfinal. Also in a quarterfinal. Number seven, Seneca, beat number 12, Fieldcrest, 70-62. In the semifinals, number seven, Seneca, with the huge upset over number four, Pontiac, 69-65. However, Seneca's winning ways and their upset ways end in the regional final as number one, El Paso Gridley knocked off Seneca 60-38. The state championship was won by a number two seeded team as each team is seeded into their subsectional and then you go from there. So they were a two seed. Nashville knocked off Monticello 32-31. In the third place game, DePaul College Prep beat Rock Ridge 41-22. This seems like a perfect time for a word with our sponsor, Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of general manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranik, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Doug Safranik is from Mendota. Basketball Player of the Year in 2003 and is ready to use his knowledge of vehicles to connect with your wishes to get you the vehicle you're searching for. Jason Hintz has been with Shimmer Mendota Ford for six years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Shimmer family. Ski, Jason, and Doug will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Shimmer Mendota Ford. In 3A playoff action, we'll start with the Marion sectional. Marion, of course, is in Chicago Heights. In a regional semifinal, number 14 Morris. Took it to the chin with a 73-30 loss to number four Lamont. In a 3A Crystal Lake South sectional, subsection A, regional semifinal, Sycamore just edged number four Kalen, 45-44. Sycamore being the sixth seed, in my mind, that's an upset. Kalen had a great season. Sycamore had a really good one too, but man, Kalen is the fourth seed. Thought they were going to make some noise and push through. Sycamore says, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to take this 45-44 dub. In the subsection B, regional quarterfinal, Plano advances with a 59-53 victory over IMSA, the Illinois Math and Science Academy in Aurora. Plano was a 7, IMSA was a 9. However, Plano got to the semifinals and fell to number 2 Wheaton St. Francis 67-40. In the 3A Peoria-Bradley sectional, subsection A. We had a lot of teams in this one, by the way. In a regional quarterfinal, number 7 Streeter beat number 8 LaSalle-Peru, 62-40. In the semifinals, number 2 Sterling beat number 7 Streeter, 50-43. Also in the semifinal, Rochelle with a big win over Dixon, 81-68. Rochelle the 5 seed, Dixon the 3 seed. 
I would call that an upset as well. In the regional final for the hardware, Rochelle beats Sterling 84-70 to take that regional trophy home. In the sectional semifinals, number 5 Rochelle had their season ended by number 1 Metamora 70-42. Metamora ended up going to the state championship game and was the runner-up, but only by 3 points as Metamora fell in the state championship to Sacred Heart Griffin out of Springfield, 53-50. And while we're talking about it, the third place game was also very, very close as Chicago St. Ignitus College Prep knocked off Chicago Simeon. Watch that game. That was crazy. 61-59. Back to the 3A Peoria Bradley sectional, subsection B, in a regional semifinal. Number 9 Geneseo fell to the top-seeded Rock Island Rocks, 77-37. In a semifinal, number 4 Ottawa advanced to a regional final with a 51-48 victory over number 6 Dunlap. However, in the final, Ottawa could not keep up with number 1 Rock Island as the Pirates fell 71-48. In 4A, there's only one 4A school we pay attention to, and that's DeKalb. And DeKalb made a little run as well. In the 4A Huntley sectional, DeKalb entered this as a two-seed in the subsection B. In the semifinals, DeKalb beat number 6 Hampshire 52-37. In the regional final, DeKalb gets a victory 74-57 over number 3, St. Charles North. In a sectional semifinal, DeKalb gets another victory over number one Rockford Auburn, 57-51. However, in the sectional final, DeKalb falls to Larkin out of Elgin, 70-56. What a fantastic season. It's always, always fun. Boys basketball, state tournament. It is definitely March Madness. I know we hear the term March Madness and we think college basketball, Duke, North Carolina, all those schools. No, when I hear March Madness, I think of all the schools that I just said and the amazing environment these basketball games bring and the excitement and the fun. Every single one of these games that I watched, whether it was on TV or in person, was awesome. And it was really, really cool to have that back because, you know, COVID-19 stopped everything from going on and made it weird and mask and We're finally starting to get back to normal, and it was great, 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 great to see that in action with these basketball games. It's March, almost spring. We're so close. As we're getting over the cold weather, sun's trying to come out, but still battling clouds, and now we got some rain. But since we're so close to nicer weather, it means we're closer to outside family gatherings. In preparation, though, we have to have everything ready. Right. Amazing for our family, friends to come over, maybe play some bags in the backyard, watch some games together, maybe March Madness, baseball as the lockout seems to have ended. We're going to have some home runs, some K's, you know, all those things we love about baseball. So the yard's got to be landscaped. The room's got to be updated, modified. Shingles on the roof. Have to be ready for more rain and hopefully no tornadoes being out here in Illinois. This is the perfect time for all those things I just said. For your home renovations to showcase your humble abode, your asylum, your world, your home. Olsa Construction is a licensed and insured family owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have the skills and 10 years of experience to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, formulate, and percolate. It's time for the percolator. Home renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Let's talk some NCAA tournament real quick before we get to Yorkville Christians, Coach Aaron Sovereign, and Junior Braden Long. The huge game, the huge loss, Kentucky, the two spot falling to 15 St. Peter's. Man, 
listen to that game on the radio, coming home from work. Really wanted Kentucky to win just because of my brackets. I do love the Cinderella stories and the big, the Blue Bloods, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the Kansas. I love watching them lose sometimes, but not when I had them in the Final Four. <laughs> I had Kentucky in the Final Four, knocked them out. But I did do two brackets. On this bracket that I'm talking about with Kentucky being in the Final Four, I've only lost two Sweet 16 teams at this point, and that's Kentucky and I had Vermont upsetting Arkansas and then upsetting UConn, but UConn lost in the first round too to New Mexico State. But other than that, the losses that I have, which was only eight first round games, the other six I had losing the next game anyway. So, so, there's still a chance that this bracket can be successful. And the other one, looking a little better. I lost eight games in that one as well, but I only lost two Sweet 16 teams in Indiana. I don't know, Big Ten homerism, because they're really not a good team. They did knock off Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. So I was thinking, you know what? And they also knocked off Michigan. So I was like, you know what? Maybe they can make a run. So I was like, okay, I'll give them Sweet 16, beating St. Mary's and then UCLA. Well, St. Mary's put it to them. Huge win over Indiana. And then, of course, Kentucky. But I only had them in the Elite Eight in this one. So really, I kind of got the same bracket, not in terms of picks, because in this bracket, my second one that I started talking about, my final four is Gonzaga, Baylor, Providence, and Villanova, and I have Baylor beating Villanova in the championship game. In my first bracket that I spoke about, and I actually have them labeled Brandon LaChance 1 and Brandon LaChance 2. So in Brandon LaChance 1, I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Providence in the final four with Zaga defeating Tennessee in the championship game. So a lot of things can happen. You know, I got one with Illinois being in the Elite Eight. I got one with Illinois losing in the second round to Houston. Lots of things could happen. That's why this is a great time, right? So hopefully you picked your bracket right. I posted photos of mine before the second day of the first round action, which was yesterday, Friday, March 18th. But I'll post them again before today's action starts with the second round matchups. Let's see if your bracket is better than mine. If it is, cool. If it's not, ha, I pick better than you do. Well, with that said, let's get to Yorkville Christian. Coach Aaron Sovereign, Junior Braden Long, champions. Champions. Until next time, peace. The IHSA Boys Basketball Championship Games just played yesterday, today being March 13th, a Sunday, and man, were they some fantastic games, including the 1A basketball game where Yorkville Christian was triumphant. We had to reach out to Coach Aaron Sovereign. He's with us today. Coach, you have to be on cloud nine after winning a Class 1A state championship just yesterday. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, Absolutely, we are. We give all glory to God, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for putting us in that position to do it. And just, yeah, I mean, it's it still hasn't completely set in yet. But you know, we have a parade later today, a parade and a rally to celebrate the accomplishment of the of the group. And just so excited for the boys. It's been a long, long season with uh, lots of ebbs and flows to it. But um, yeah, mission accomplished yesterday. Very excited. What was crazy is if you look at the records for all the teams that were in either the 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A championship, you guys having 13 losses at this point in the season was like, man, are they even a really good team? And then you see them on the court, see your team on the court, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, no, they deserve to be here. How was that? I kept hearing the announcers saying, you know, they had a really tough schedule throughout the season, and this prepared them for this point. Is that exactly the game plan? Yeah, that's that's actually been our plan the last few seasons. As we've progressed, uh, you know, when the program, when we first started, we weren't an IHSA-approved program uh, because you have to be state board recognized, and that can't happen until after year two. So we're in year eight of the school right now. In year three, we became an IHSA member. Uh, We had very low population numbers. And so as the program has started, we're not in a conference, and that's intentional, so we can have some flexibility with scheduling. And we do our best, you know, early on in our existence, I had to throw requests out to anybody and just take anybody who would play us. So our first couple of years as IHSA members, we played played some pretty good Chicago teams and 
developed relationships with some of those coaches and have kept those going. And, you know, as, as we've progressed and gained more success, uh, you know, winning a sectional in 2019, becoming the youngest school to be an Elite Eight uh, basketball finalist that year, you know, we've just been able to, to add you know, higher level opponents. In 2020, we went and played Stevenson, who was number one in 4A at the time. And, you know, we've just been able to play some quality opponents. And this year, you know, with the, with the notoriety Jaden Shoot has had as a, as a Duke recruit, um, we got invited to several different shootouts. Uh, we played some out-of-state competition. Uh, we're able to travel to Madison, Wisconsin, Indianapolis, to, you know, to several other, other locations and just play some top-level Competition. I mean, we played Kenwood. Uh, we had Chicago Orr come to us. We had Glenbard West come to us. And, you know, we weren't successful in all of those games. We, we held our own for sure. But, you know, the main idea there was just to be battle-tested. So by the time we got to this state tournament, you know, we had seen every type of style we could see. We had seen every type of hostile environment we could see. And uh, just to have our guys ready, you know, so there weren't any surprises. I remember seeing Chicago Orr a couple years ago at a, I believe it was a super sectional against Burrow Valley. It might have been a different game, but I believe that's the one it was at, or the one that I was at that I saw. And as soon as they walked on the court, they looked like a, probably like an NBA G League team, just getting ready for the NBA. And almost every team that you said kind of fits that category. So you had them ready for this. Oh, absolutely. And, I, you know, I've left out some other really good teams. Just as I'm thinking, we, we played Nutrier at a shootout. Nutrier was great. Uh, we went to Glenbrook South, who at the time had only lost to Glenbard West by two points. And we actually had a shot to tie it at the end. And so, you know, just putting, putting our guys in those situations, I give them a lot of credit, our senior leadership a lot of credit as well, because there were times where – it's like, goodness gracious, it's just a gauntlet of a schedule going through. And, you know, as a coaching staff trying to prep our players and, you know, we're watching several game films on each of these teams prior to going and playing. And it's like, what did we get ourselves into here? But, you know, we had to stay the course and, you know, I don't want to say trust the process. I don't want to copyright infringe, but we had to had to trust that we, you know, we had a good plan from the beginning and that we were going to ride it out. And, yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, from – a little further out, maybe downstate, saw our record, you know, was never really above 500. We'd be, you know, 9 and 7, 13 and 10. I think we went into the playoffs at 14 and 13 or 15 and 13 or something and, you know, discredited what we were doing. In fact, a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, a handful of downstate writers left us off the the AP ballot completely. <laughs> and so we'd have the most first place votes yet we'd be third in the rankings, you know, things, things like that. So the whole idea was, was get us tested, see some great competition, and, you know, be ready for the, the strong Class A teams that were going to be coming our way. Definitely. And they must have got their rankings correct going into the postseason because the last ballot you guys were the top-ranked team in the state. You mentioned Jaden Shoot. Everybody knows who that guy is, of course, going to Duke, committed. The reason I reached out to you was for Brayden Long, who used to play with Dwight. Uh, he moved to Yorkville Christian to be part of your program. And in the semifinal, showed exactly why he went there. I think he had 23 points. And then in the final, just doing all the hustle plays, the little things that you need from your starters, even your role players. And he was, you know, diving for loose balls, making great passes, whether the shot went down or not, setting up good looks for your team. Brayden Long was definitely a big part of this championship for you guys. Oh, goodness, yeah. I mean, he's, uh, you know, being a junior, as a freshman, you know, he scored 13 points a game on a sectional team. We felt that team could have made a state run, and unfortunately we had a, a cold spell. We just didn't have a lot of depth that year. Had a cold spell against Chicago Fenger, uh, but we felt that team had the potential to make a, a state tournament run. And then last year, you know, with the abbreviated three-week season, didn't get a chance to show much, had a foot injury, and has been, you know, out of commission for about eight or nine months. And so we were able to get him back in action around December, uh, Christmas time. And it was a process easing him back. Um, but he's, he's such a good kid. He's, he's a very good basketball player, obviously, but he's that much better of a kid. And so having, you know, a strong family support system and having, you know, a strong relationship with the Lord has helped get him through those difficult times. And he's, uh, 
just a huge part. Like getting him back just added so much because you know he's a knockdown shooter. He's a he's a very capable ball handler. His court vision is tremendous. But you're right. He just brings that toughness. Those loose balls. Those extra extra shot attempts. Those extra possessions that we don't get. You know, there was one play last night. Um, I want to say. It was away from our bench. He saved the ball between his legs, and it went off of one of their players, and it got us a possession that we dearly needed at that point. You know, because the game was it was right when we were making a run to try to extend that lead because it had been teetering. You know, a five to seven point game at that point. We were able to extend it and just take control. So yeah, I mean, Braden Braden's huge for us. That exact play. So I was writing down a couple of notes for my story, for the conversations that I'm going to have with you and, and Braden. And I put that exact thing. I was like, he jumped out, threw it between his legs, off of an opponent, saved the ball. I was like, man, this is a crazy play. Good for him. That's exactly my notes, what I was writing it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's the stuff he does. He's just got that little, you know, that hard-nosed edge that... You know, we, we've got athleticism and we've got a little bit of length here and there, but we don't have a lot of bulk. And when he was injured, he was able to build up his body. And he's really transformed his body since his freshman year. It's amazing when you look at a photo. But he's the kid that does those plays, you know. He's he's kind of like our Brian Cardinal, to use a late 90s Big Ten reference uh, from Purdue. He's He does all that stuff, but he's a very skilled player. You know, he's not just a, a try-hard kid. He is a skilled player, and he's got a Division One offer from Bryant University, you know, so that demonstrates, you know, the capabilities he has. Definitely. And then next year, losing Jaden Shute, losing, I think, all four of your starters besides Brayden? No, we lose uh, Tyler, KJ, and Jaden out of the starting lineup. Okay. So D- DJ Douglas and Brayden will be back from the, that starting five. Perfect. So then, obviously, those two are going to be the nucleus going into the season defending your state championship. And I don't know that we're going to call defending it. I think each each season is its own new season. Each team is its own unique group. And, you know, we've got uh, several kids that, that didn't get a ton of minutes this year that'll be back that we're going to expect big things from. And our freshman-sophomore team the last two years has lost three games total. And so we have a pretty solid core there that we're looking forward to having them move up and you know just we we don't want to call uh call it a rebuild we just want to say we're reloading you know just next man up (laughs) i understand it was crazy because in the semifinal you guys had you know got quite a bit of lead you win 70 27 uh you put in your bench and they're running the court making defensive plays like they're the starters or they have d1 offers it's a unique situation because i always tell our players I'm never going to tell you not to play hard, so understand that. I always want you to play hard, but in a situation like that, you know, we're telling them, hey, stay back, you know, heels on the three-point line, because normally we'll, if we're not full-court pressuring, we're picking guys up, you know, heels on the three-point line, we still want you to guard, it is basketball, but, you know, take a deep breath and relax, and then it's hard, because when you get kids that are chomping at the bit, you know, they're on the University of Illinois' floor, and they've been watching this on TV for years, it's hard to tell them to tone it down. And so these are kids, quite honestly, that might get minutes if they were playing at a different school, might get more minutes, you know. And so I can't say enough about our bench because they helped make the team what it was because they they, they, they competed every day in practice against, you know, against our starting five. And that's, and that's, that's the true sign of a team right there is what your bench can do to help make your starters better. So... Yeah, I mean those guys. Those guys get after it every day, and, and big, big credit to them. You forewarned me about your uh, dog friends. Who do we got in the background here? That's Moses, our Great Pyrenees. He's about 110 pounds, and he likes to keep watch of the neighborhood. If there's a car within six miles, he's barking at it. So uh, he lets us know. <laughs> he lets us know if anyone's close. Oh, that's fantastic! You gotta have those those dogs around. Oh, for sure. I, I just went to the basement to hopefully muffle that noise. <laughs> no problem. Uh, let's talk about the game just for a second. I mean, it was close back and forth with Liberty. They knocked down some shots. They played big when they needed to. Uh, you guys just went on a run. I think it was like the middle of the third quarter. Um, plays like Braden Long, you know, saving balls. And Jaden Shute started to get hot, knocked down a couple threes. And the ball 
sharing, passing of your squad. Everybody was getting looks. There was no selfishness, and you've seen it in the third and fourth quarter, and I believe that's why you guys won. Yeah, and, and going in, we knew this game was going to be – was not going to be like the previous ones. You know, we use the term shock and awe for the other games where we would jump out to a big lead and the other team, you know, had heard about us and just – you know, we let them know that what they heard was true and <laughs> jump out to a big lead defensively and, and get some easy looks. But we knew with this Liberty team, you know, they're in the state championship game for a reason. You know, they didn't get here by accident. They've got size, they've got discipline, and they were an interesting team to scout because everything everything they do is really like 15 to 17 feet and down, whereas a lot of teams today were, utilize that three-point line so frequently they didn't typically because they had size and you know their shot charts everything was almost in the restricted area and so we knew coming in you know we don't have the size to match that so we were going to have to try to take some things away on the perimeter and not let them get into those sets and I thought defensively for most of the game we did a nice job it's just offensively we were really hurried at the beginning and and, you know during the first tv timeout I said all right everybody take a deep breath and relax Here's what we need to do. And, you know, we weren't shooting well. And I thought we were getting good shots, but our motto is not good shots, it's great shots. So to make that extra pass, and I think they at halftime being down one, having those 13 losses that you alluded to earlier, I think helped us because, you know, had we been 35-0 and 0 and for the first time in our life we were losing at half, you know, I don't know how they would have reacted, but we've been in the locker room down plenty before. And we've you know, come back from that and we battled back. So there wasn't any nervous energy once we were in the locker room. It was like, okay, you know, we're not playing our best. You know, we're not playing our worst, but we're not playing our best. We haven't shot it well. And they're playing really well, and we're down one point. So let's do what we do. Let's go possession by possession, and let's slowly extend this lead. And that and that's what happened. And like you said, the guys started sharing the ball really well, getting paint touches and then looking to the opposite side of the floor you know, KJ was huge. He got to the rim a couple times. He hit a big corner three. DJ got some offensive rebounds, and he hit a huge three for us. And, you know, Jaden is Jaden. He got some deflections and a couple dunks. We thought we should have been at the free throw line a couple more times, but, you know, I think every coach thinks that. Just a, a team effort. You know, I think we had four of our five in double figures, and, you know, Braden was the one that wasn't, but he does so many things that don't show up in that box score that he's obviously one of our most most valuable guys. When you say KJ, are you talking about, is that Vassar? KJ Vassar, yes. I was impressed with him. I mean, he would make a mistake. He would hit himself on the chest or slap the floor. And then the very next time, he would probably try to do the same thing, but make sure he didn't make the mistake. He was like, okay, I did this wrong here. I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to do it right. I see him, I'd seen him do that, I think, once in the semifinal and probably twice in the final. Kids have a, have a tendency to try to do too much in a big moment like that. But again, that's, you know, being a senior... He's, he's been through it, and for us going through some of these, like I said, these big these big games, you know, these showcase-type games with large crowds and oftentimes pretty hostile environments, our guys were able to, to call on that previous experience and just, uh, like you said, fix it. <laughs> with the upbringing of Yorkville Christian, like you said, eight years ago, you start the program, takes two to become – an IHSA member. So you got six years in. They kept saying during the games, this is only their sixth year and they only have 61 students. You win a state, won a championship. Me, always following Facebook, Twitter, I've seen all kinds of comments about, oh, they're recruiting. They shouldn't be a 1A school. Why are they letting Yorkville Christian even play these teams in this tournament? I'm guessing from the beginning of your program to right now you've heard these comments and sayings and whatever you want to call it pretty often yeah pretty pretty frequently and being the principal athletic director and the boys head coach i try to shield our guys from that i try to shield the rest of our staff from that but i get a lot of i get a little a lot of private messages or dms whatever you want to call it from from random people who i have no idea who they are that are uh, you know it just they say some things. They get they get pretty passionate about what's happening and um, uh, don't like don't like that we're having success. And you know, there's the allegations of recruiting. There's you know this and that. I can certainly tell you that we don't we don't recruit at all. Saw one story where Jaden Shute was brought in from an out of town community. Uh, his dad, Doc 
Dr. Shute has been a founding board member of the school, so he's been there since day one. His brother Jake graduated from our school in year two. Colton graduated from our school uh, in 2019, and so, you know, they've been here forever. Most of our kids actually are from Yorkville. We have 165 students at the school. Uh, the IHSA site is based off of what the State Board of Education reports. And oddly enough, uh, with all the nonsense going on in the state of Illinois these last couple of years, uh, they have been slow on their reporting numbers. Typically, uh, private school reports their, their registration numbers on October 1st, and the State Board of Education's uh, reporting system has been down until March 1st. And so we actually have 165 students enrolled at our school that was reported and updated by the IHSA. And then I think the IHSA now takes an average of your previous three years. Um, so that'll be updated accordingly. But, um, you know, a big, a big factor with our enrollment nearly doubling in the last two years has been the fact that we've been in person for, uh, for learning. Whereas a lot of the schools have been either hybrid learning or just fully remote. And frankly, what we heard from families was, we don't want our kids to be in that. Just the, the social, emotional well-being of the kids, uh, there was a lot of harm being done during that time, and they wanted them to be in person, and some families moved into moved into Yorkville for that very reason. And, you know, like I said, our, our student population doubled. And so the fact that, you know, you have different families with di different circumstances, you know, I don't want to get into any specific names of, of who and what because that's nobody's business, but... I can assure you there's absolutely no recruiting going on. We do have a promotional video on our webpage for our school programs. Uh, we have an athletic video. We have an academic video. Uh, because as a private school, how else are people going to know who you are without that? Uh, so that's on our website, but there's no, you know, I, I mean, I've read <laughs> I've read some crazy stories about stuff that, that we do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to refute all of that, but I can I can assure you there's there's no recruitment going on. The thing that I would say to a small town that's that's mad, you know, it's it is the rules, you know, and and people wanted us to petition up to two A. And my argument there was we've never won anything. Why would I petition up when we, you know, I can see if we'd won it six years in a row and said, hey, yeah, let's go to two A, but we've never won anything, so. I'm not gonna not gonna petition to go higher in class when we haven't won a championship. But you know, the smaller I think smaller communities, you the advantage is you have your kids from first grade through twelfth grade together, and if you have the right feeder system in place, you have the opportunity to be really really good. And so I think that's an advantage. But you know, it is what it is. I kind of agree with you because you look at the college game and, of course, you got the Dukes, the Kansas, Kentuckys that have so many one-and-done players, maybe not as much now as, you know, five, ten years ago, but so many one-and-done players and, like, oh, they're going to be so great, and then they fall out in the, you know, Sweet 16 right. or the first right. round because they hadn't played yep. together. They didn't know each other. Absolutely, and that's, that was one of the things that made Liberty such a such a solid team was that they had been together and you know, they had said that about Scales Mound as well. And it's just funny because earlier in my life, I trained a lot of a lot of young players. And I had from the Newark teams from the 2014 to 16 group, like I trained all those kids when they were younger. Like I'm talking like third through sixth grade and had the opportunity to really help them along. And so now, now that I'm getting killed by that community, I think it's funny because like, well, when I had a system in place that you guys were taking advantage of, you were really good later. But now now you don't have it. Now you're bad. <laughs> Would so. those be the Newark teams? Uh, I am at the Plano Christmas Classic every single year. And there was a couple years where Newark was playing in the third place game or the fifth place game, battling the likes of Ottawa Dixon when they had Isaiah Roby. LaSalle oh, through sure. the year they went like 25-3. and three, And Newark yeah. was right there playing with them. Yeah, those are like the Colossal Boys. Yep. Kendall Andrews, like I trained all of those kids. Uh, Evan, Evan Schomer, from the time they were little, I had them for three or four years and got to work with them a ton. And yeah, I mean, the thing that frustrates me when people say, oh, you just get talent or whatever, our kids are in the gym all the time. And we provide opportunities for that after school. You know, there's, there's a couple players that come in at 5.30 in the morning to get extra shots up. 
you know, but that's not stuff that's talked about. It's just, you know, they transferred, and so that's, you know, they that's why they're better. You know, these kids are working their tails off, and people don't see that. You know, it doesn't just happen. And so <laughs> that's that's one of the frustrating things is our kids our kids work really hard. It doesn't just happen. Like, they, they all summer, you know, uh, all fall season, I mean, they, they are in the gym and just – there's a culture we've developed where there's some accountability. And if somebody's not at the gym, they're saying, hey, we missed you. You know, there's that positive peer pressure involved. Gotcha. I don't mean to rewind, yeah. but I'm still on the uh, newer kids. I want to think that I know their first names. Was it Nick and Will Klossel? Jack and Will. Oh, I was so close. In fact, that's just a side note. Jack, they, his senior year, they had a most influential coach or teacher in your life for like their senior night thing I was his and so <laughs> that ruffled the feathers of, uh, of his head coach a little bit but <laughs> it was good well coach congratulations on a class 1A state championship uh, your team was amazing this year like I said I only watched two games it was a semifinal and the final I guess the two games that I was supposed to watch but I was impressed with them how you coached them everything they did and Braden Long uh, was amazing. Uh, we're going to talk to him in, in a few hours here, but just an amazing player, and you could see uh, he was in the right spots where you wanted him to be. So thank you for joining us, talking everything about Yorkville Christian. We much appreciate having you on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Class 1A state championship was played yesterday on Saturday. Yorkville Christian getting the W over Liberty their first state championship, first time they've ever been to state, only been an IHSA team for six years, and we got one of the players, used to live in Dwight, played basketball there, then went to Yorkville Christian, my man, Braden Long, what's up, man? What's up, how you doing? Doing all right, you gotta be pumped, you just won a state championship. Yes, sir, yep, super excited. I watched both the semifinal and the championship game, and man, you guys balled out. Uh, you in the semifinal, let's talk about that first. 23 points, four rebounds, and just hustle plays everywhere. Helped your team out, get a whopping 70-27 to 27 win. Now, the focus, main focus there was obviously just to make it to uh, the coming up uh, two days. Um, but my main focus was just box out there, 6-5 guy. That was my main focus, and it ended up me just getting not a bunch of offensive boards, but just being in positions to... Uh, get the ball around the hoop a lot and be able to finish the easy plays so definitely and how tall are you Six three, six four. are you the tallest guy on the team it looked like on paper but are you oh uh, no J- Jaden's actually the tallest he's six five six six gotcha gotcha and of course we're talking about Jaden shoot the Duke commit yeah yep the tall gotcha let's go right there I mean how is it playing with a player uh his caliber He's going to Duke. You know, everybody's watching him. But then there's guys like you and Vasher and a couple other guys on your team that you guys can all play too. Yeah, um, it's definitely, definitely interesting practices with our uh, squad from, like, uh, competitive-wise. Um, we have some of the most competitive guys I've ever known on the team, especially with Jaden pushing at every single one of us every day in practice, especially. He'll definitely talk to talk, but it's another thing when you have play to back it up too. Um, so... Yeah, him going up against him every day in practice, in practice makes us all better. And then having guys like KJ and DJ and Tyler always constantly pushing you. Um, it's just really, really fun atmosphere to be around those guys and uh, to practice with them. You guys went into the state series with a 23 and 13 record, so you end 25 and 13. I mean, usually when you get to that point, 13 losses, you're like, whoa, how did they get there? But then when you watch you guys on on the court, you're like, oh. Yeah, they're for real. How did suffering some of those losses and coming in there with 13 losses, how did that help you in the state tournament? Um, well, definitely uh, persevering uh, through some of the tough loss- losses throughout the season definitely helped us, especially at the uh, halfway point in the finals game because uh, we were down 21-20 um, against Liberty. Uh, so that was definitely a big moment just mindset-wise for the guys. Just, okay, we've been here before. We've been down by... 30 at halftime um, at some point. So, like, just got to keep keep battling, keep uh, keep the mindset right and not try to uh, get too negative on each other. 
Was there any weirdness or difference between, I mean, the semifinal, you guys are up huge the entire game, and then you go into the state championship against Liberty, you're down by one at halftime, you're kind of trailing through probably like halfway through the third. Was there, what was the difference between the mindset of a huge win, blowout in your favor, and then, you know, having to struggle and claw to get a W? Um, I just think, uh, me personally, I think it was, we haven't played really a 1A team with that kind of size. I'm not saying they're huge by any means, but they definitely had a more size than we were used to when we played 1A teams. Um, so I think it was just kind of not shock for us, but just kind of not used to, okay, we're, we know we're playing 1A, but they got these guys with size and really long length, you know, blocking shots, getting tips on, on some of our play calls. That was uh, pretty uh, difficult um, for us to kind of wrap our minds around at first, but I think uh, once we got used to it, and kind of uh, got the, the game going to our tempo finally there in the third quarter. Uh, I think we really just uh, kind of kept our heads and uh, finished it out. Was that the difference between the first half and second half? Because in the first half, you guys were chucking up a lot of threes. Some were falling, some weren't. And then I think in the second half, I thought you guys were taking it to the paint a little more. Yeah, for sure. That was kind of one of the adjustments we made at halftime. Obviously, we weren't shooting too well um, from the outside in the first half. And then when that more, um, really the third quarter, uh, that kind of picked up our energy on defense too. And then obviously if the pass inside opens up for guys outside uh, for more wide open shots. So then we started hitting from uh, outside as well. So. so how a day later, how does it feel to be a state champ? Uh, not gonna lie, it hasn't really set in yet. Like we had the uh, parade here at uh, four at the school. Um, so that, that was when just like getting to see the trophy again. Uh, slept with my medal last night, so it was just kind of, kind of just getting to know, like, okay, yeah, it's over now. You guys won. It still just has a nice set setting yet. Did you cuddle it? Did you give it a little hug before bed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, good stuff, man. Congratulations. You know that only happens to a few people, small percentage of basketball players. So, congrats, man. Yeah, thank you. Let's go a little background stuff. So you've been at Yorkville Christian all four, all three years since you're a junior, right? Yep. When did you leave Dwight and then go to Yorkville Christian? So it was the summer after my eighth grade year. We didn't move to Yorkville until probably July, late July. We had the uh, summer basketball um, in June for high school. Um, so that was kind of a tough drive, you know, driving from Dwight to Yorkville every day up here and then down back, back to Dwight. It's like a two hour round trip. So that was uh, just kind of tough, but uh, definitely a cool experience. Just, you know, getting to meet, not meet Jaden for the first time, but uh, really like getting to play with them for the first time. and Getting to know their family and uh, too. And was the move because your dad, Eric, he was a coach and he went coach at Yorkville, right? Or something like that? Yeah, yeah, he's an assistant coach at Yorkville Christian. Gotcha. Was it weird? I mean, after eighth grade, you've been playing with the guys in Dwight for a little bit and then go to a whole different team? Um, yeah, it was definitely a experience uh, just because I had, I've lived in Dwight almost all my life. Uh, like second. So that was definitely um, challenging to get used to, uh, kind of new friends, new environment. But yeah, it was a cool experience overall. Gotcha, do you stay in touch with the Dwight guys? Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, came down for the um, senior debate. Andrew Brown and some of those guys used to go against them in their eighth graders, and I was kind of greater prep. Yeah, definitely uh, those guys, like the, uh, Jay Stall and those guys. So. Gotcha. So you still stay in touch? You still rip each other? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Did any of them uh, hit you up after you won the state championship? Yeah, yeah. Quite a few of them did, actually. So it's kind of it's got to be kind of cool. I mean, you're part of like two basketball families. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely cool because you know, going on stage seventh eighth grade year with those guys, uh, unique experience just from like the whole like going down there for the first time. Then obviously it's a different thing in high school, but just uh, definitely, definitely two uh, solid uh, basketball families I have, and not be more thankful for. Gotcha. Did you? Uh... You know, say hi to coach Joe Stevenson, 25 years. He just retired as the eighth grade basketball coach. I know he was there on senior night for his celebration. Did you say hi to him? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, said hi to him. We had a text uh between me and him and my dad. We were just talking about the teams a little bit. I uh, said congratulations after we won. So I found a great guy and I uh, love him as a coach. Well, Braden Long, thank you for joining us. Again, congratulations on your 1A championship. I mean, you still got another year. Who knows what can happen? Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast and talking some basketball. Thank you. Thank you.